Hey everyone, this is Steve Bradley, God's Wordsmith, coming to you with the Learn the Bible podcast. And today we're going to be discussing Matthew chapter 2. And the subject of this podcast is how Jesus is loved, worshipped, and hated. Now, one of the most interesting things about Jesus Christ is the reaction he brings. To some, he's God manifest in the flesh. He is a savior to receive, a master to follow, a teacher to obey. To others, he is someone to be feared and hated and disposed of. Now we see these contrasts very early in his life. And it's actually quite amazing because they all appear here in Matthew chapter two. So here we go. Matthew says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, magi from the east, came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Now when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus thus it is written by the prophet, and this is Micah 5, 2. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, the Magi, determined from them what star, what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring him, bring back word to me, so that I may come and worship him too. When they heard the king, that is, after they had listened to him, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there till I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. You notice this word young child is used so often. Jesus was probably a toddler or a year or so old by that time, and we'll see why later. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that is Herod the Great, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord uh, through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, 
And he went forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus, that's Herod Archelaus, Herod the great son, was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Now, folks, miracles literally fill the life of Jesus Christ. And in this chapter, there are many. First, of course, there's a visit of the wise men, and the word, as I've indicated, is literally magi, which is a transliteration of a Persian word meaning great one. We don't know their exact origin, that is, the origin of the wise men, but we know that they saw a star that miraculously appeared when they were in the east, and they followed that star to Jerusalem. And Numbers 24, 17 is probably the verse that they saw and believed in the star that would rise. That doesn't look like it from reading Numbers 24, but many times the fulfillment of prophecy is greater than the prophecy at the time seems. So these guys knew what the star was the signal of Messiah's appearance, but they had only partial information, for they did not know the Old Testament book of Micah. So they went to the capital city, Jerusalem, and <clears throat> they asked there, where is he who is born king of the Jews? Now, it was really not their fault that the person they asked was King Herod the Great. Unknown to them, Herod was extremely paranoid, and he wanted nobody to take his place ever. So he made plans to kill Jesus. The Magi get the directions they were seeking. Herod tells them to please come back so he can go worship Jesus himself. And of course, he's lying. They head to Bethlehem with the star guiding them overhead. Now, this was not just an ordinary star. It was something that appeared to them and left once they had found Jesus. They find Jesus, they worship him, and they give him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
Now, these gifts were extremely expensive. They were the kind of gifts you would give to a king. And they might as well have given Jesus only gold because his parents no doubt converted them all to cash and used them on their flight to Egypt to get away from Herod. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus left the night the Magi left. And the Magi, the wise men, went a different way back to their own land to avoid Herod. But on his part, Herod was so paranoid and evil that he sent his soldiers to murder all the children under two years old in Bethlehem and the entire area. And why? Well, he wanted no challengers. Despite the fact that he was an old man, slowly dying, what the commentators tell us was probably syphilis. And nevertheless, he wanted no other king to challenge him, even though he knew he had such a short time left. So he murdered all the little kids under two. Now, you know, it's terrible what rulers will do to protect their power. However, it is not surprising. Jeremiah wrote this in the Old Testament. He said, wrote, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked who can know it. When a man allows the blackness and evil of his heart to rule his life, this is the kind of thing he does. Herod was such a psychopath and such a murderer that the uh, emperor, I think it was Augustus at the time. No, it wasn't Augustus. But anyway, the emperor said, I would rather be Herod's pig than his son because he killed most of his children. The Bible teaches us that all of us have evil in our hearts but that Jesus Christ can make us clean, and only he can do it. Now, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus eventually settled in Galilee, far from Herod's influence and far from the influence of Archelaus, Herod's son, who was now over Judea, was probably only about 100 miles away, but that doesn't matter when everything is done on foot and there are no telephones and no internet and no computers. It's pretty easy for us looking at that to say who would do such a thing. Yet in the 20th century, according to stuff I've read and heard, there are 100 million people murdered in the name of communism. So it's not very unusual for a ruler who wants to bring his own power to bear and to keep that power, to kill everyone who opposes him. And it's something to remember, folks. If you're a Christian, governments are typically not your friend. You get over political and you start relying on government to do the things you want. They're not going to do it. Not only that, but culture is not your friend. And that is why many times the early Christians basically retreated from society and formed their own. Uh, back in the day, that is the days shortly after Jesus Christ, the Christians had to worship in secret. 
And if they hadn't done so, they would have been killed because they were not an approved religion. They had to either accept Caesar as their god or the Romans would take their life. It's terrible to have to be a secret Christian. And many times the Roman Empire made it so that Christians had to be that way. However, they develop means, ways of communicating to see if an, a person was a Christian. And they also developed means of witnessing and sharing the gospel for the church literally exploded in the Roman Empire in those days. And how they did it without radio, TV, communication devices of any kind other than the other Christians and the apostles, it's an amazing thing that happened. And I have to tell you that the men who stood for Christ in those days were real men. And so were the women, they were real women. Many, many, many women of God were murdered and tortured at the hands of the Romans. Same with men. They call this putting someone to the question. Basically, they just tortured you until you fessed up, until you told them what they wanted to know. And they would apply whatever pressure was necessary, all the way to taking of your life in the most painful way, to get you to tell what you knew as a Christian. One book I might recommend, although it's very much against the Roman Catholic Church because of the situation that developed in the Middle Ages, is Fox's Book of Martyrs. Every believer should read that book. It will break your heart, but it will strengthen your resolve so that you will not want to give up your faith. It is too precious. God bless you all, and I hope you have a wonderful day. And tell someone about Jesus today, just someone. Read your Bible every day. Be strong for the Lord. Be a godly man or woman or child, whichever you are. Don't ever give up. And God bless you real good.